Welcome to Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice. Join me every week where I sit down with one of my amazing and talented friends who are experts in their field, and we have a little chat. Welcome to this episode of Hey Girl. I am your host, Bill Janice, and I'm really excited today to be sitting here with a very, very good friend. She is an artist. She's a mom. She is a philanthropist and gay rights activist, a friend to everyone she meets. She's Miss America. No, (laughs) Amanda Mooberry. How are you? Hey, girl. Hey, Amanda. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl. I'm 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 so excited we're doing this. You know, I Amanda and I have been friends for a very long time and I have actually been talking about doing something like this for a, uh for quite a while. So I love that we're actually sitting down to do this and interview each other and just kiki today. I love it. I'm super excited to be here. I mean, I'm not getting out of the house during quarantine, so any a chance that I get to see your smiling face, I'm happy. <laughs> I love it. No, I totally agree. And what do you have? What are, what are you drinking? Because it is definitely cocktail hour. It's always cocktail hour at Hey Girl. Always. What, what do you have? What do you have there? <laughs> I'm sipping on a little Bailey's and coffee because it's Bailey's and coffee because it's still morning for me. Which it's not morning, but I I drank too much yesterday, so I'm trying to. Just get back on the horse. <laughs> I love it. Wait, wait, but where did you go? Well, I guess you didn't really go anywhere. I mean, we're quarantined, so you were you're you're hungover from drinking at all. Yeah. I'm not I'm hungover from drinking in my backyard and dealing with my twins. I mean, I like to drink regularly, but I'm telling you, I drink so much more with them because they drive me bonkers. Oh my god. I love them dearly. But like quarantine with four year old twins is no joke. So, Listen, yeah, I don't know I how you're doing my, it. Yeah, I tell all my parent friends, I'm like, or non-parent friends, I'm like, you guys don't realize how good you have it. I'm like, I I look forward to them going to bed every night. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know what? I really love that you can admit that because honestly, like you, you really are. You're so real. You're so real. But um, I, I can't stand it. I'm probably going to get in a little trouble for saying this, but I can't stand it when parents try to claim that their kids are perfect or any version of that. Like, I want to hear a mother say, you know what? I love my kids, but they're assholes. <laughs> um, I say it every day of my life. And you, you will not get shamed at all for that because I say it all day long. I love my kids. I would run in front of a moving vehicle from, but like nine times out of 10, they're assholes. And I say... If- <laughs> If someone tells you differently, they are lying. They are lying. Or they have like a lot of they're lying. They have like two nannies and like, you know, like a live-in housekeeper. I don't or care something. if you I don't care if you have help or not. They're still assholes. So <laughs> <laughs> So well let's talk about okay, so well since we're already there, so tell 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 everybody who doesn't know, tell about your about your family, about your kids, your your beautiful twins. H-H, oh my, happy my hour. I love their their names are Harper and Holden. I have to I know I'm cutting in. I asked you to talk and now I'm cutting in. But they- <laughs> Harper and Holden, which is H H, which to me means happy hour, which I love. <laughs> I mean, we didn't plan that, but I love that. Um yeah, so H and H, we really struggled with their names for sure. We did IVF 
So that's how we got two. We put two in and got two. I never thought we were going to, but they turned four um, on April 20. So we have little, little pop babies. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so yeah, they are a handful. They are super fun. Obviously we have a boy and a girl, um, Harper Monroe and Holden Soul. And we really struggled with those names, but we feel like they are who they're meant to be now. So oh, for sure. Yeah. Fun, but a, but a lot, a lot. I they're mean, adorable. They're and you awesome. know, I don't, you know, I don't go gaga over children or animals. Um, and, and, you know, and I still like how I, I, I didn't realize until the other day that somebody pointed out to me that I tended to, to lump children and animals in the same category but <laughs> in my head. <laughs> I mean, but, it's kind of accurate. I mean, well, you know, I was the youngest in my family. So maybe, maybe I'm going to just try and I'll, I'll, I'll lump it up to that, that, you know, I never had to deal with anyone younger than me growing up. So I don't want to deal with it now. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're mine and I don't want to deal with it. So stop it. Oh, stop it. <laughs> well, no, but my point, I, the only reason I bring that up is just to say that I, I think they're adorable and I don't typically think any children are adorable. So. Well, thank you. I'm biased. I think they are fun and quirky and adorable. And yeah, they try my everlasting nerve, but like the greatest thing that we've ever done. So oh, I love it. Well, let's talk about let's talk a little bit more about some of your background for, for people who don't know. I mean, you know, we live in Las Vegas. And everyone in Las Vegas knows who knows you, of course, you are well known a friend to everybody. Um, and so let's just kind of, I just want to go through your, you know, we met, you and I met, you were a singer um, or are a singer and I yes. being a former dancer, I think we hit it off quite well. Um, we met, we, we met Probably with King from day one. Yeah. Shockingly. Like, I mean, 15 years ago, probably. It's been, yeah, 15, 15 or 16. No, it's definitely at least 15, maybe 16, 16 or 17. It's been a Look, long it's just going up. time. A long time. I mean, but it feels, it doesn't feel like it was that long. I mean, in a good way, in a good way. And listen, let me tell you, you don't look a day over, you know, Well, we were obviously 10 when we met, so (laughs) we were babies, obviously, literally. We were, we were. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Beverage Haining, for people who don't know, is... um, here in Vegas at the Rio, uh, they have cocktail servers on the casino floor and they've combined the name of beverage server and entertainer to make beverage And we had to, we were, we were cocktail servers, but once an hour, we had to audition to get the job. And, you know, once an hour, we had to get up and do a choreographed dance and song and whatnot. It was borderline yeah. humiliating, I mean, but it was quite lucrative. It was the best worst job I ever had. Like yeah. I say to everybody, like, it was awful, but it was amazing. And I met so the, many wonderful people. And I think because it's like, a, it's a cast. I mean, you are a cast. Yes, you're a cocktail server. But what made it so wonderful is that you are going through all these highs and lows and the woes of cocktailing. And if you've done it, you understand what we're saying. Um, but having this amazing core group of friends that got you because we were all entertainers, you know, totally, we didn't totally. come from every different background. We were all performers at heart. And seriously, I met my closest friends, the friends that I'm still like talk to on a daily, weekly basis are the friends that I met there. And it was such a blessing for me. So I can't badmouth it because yes, we made really good money, but two, I made these like lifelong friendships and it was just like this perfect combustion of 
money and friendship and yeah it was annoying but like yeah the best worst job I ever <laughs> it's had annoying it's like, no I, I agree I'll agree with that for sure I, I like the way that you described that that was the best worst job I'll have to remember that um because I've and I've said this before I think you know for me too it was it was one of those jobs that checked all the boxes for where we were at yep. in our lives you know it yeah it was lucrative it was you know flexible schedule it was low commitment mm -hmm. you know we all wanted to still audition for other things that we were doing or gigs yeah. or whatnot um and you know i didn't actually get the job right away i actually um i had to audition i think three or four times before i got it which was really what? making me angry <laughs> Hello, and here i am like know. coming off of like juilliard and joffrey and i can't get a job at the rio as a cocktail <laughs> I mean, you are, and I'm sure all of your listeners know this, but you are such a stunning dancer. So like, oh, stop it. I'm like, <laughs> who, who is, who is making you audition three times? Because that is ridiculous it was like, funny so, like, i mean you know and i i, I you know I told, I told this I, I you know and forgive me if i'm telling this story more than once but because it is a funny story but yeah it was one of those where the when i finally got hired it was you know typical it was the time that i went where i didn't care you know and i i didn't even yeah. i was rushing because i i think i was teaching all day at a ballet intensive that day in the summer so i ran over there um, ran over to dick foster productions on my lunch break auditioned in my ballet tights with cut off sweatpants yep. put over them and like some like wow. a polo. my hair was all disheveled I was it was the middle of July or summer here in Vegas which you know how excruciatingly hot and uncomfortable that is so take that into account you can imagine what I looked like like rushing in the heat in tights full unitard to get to an audition <laughs> I didn't look. Um, I think the ballet tights is what got you the job. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, those, I don't even look, look, I wouldn't even try to put those damn tights on anymore. <laughs> nowadays, it would only fit. It would even fit oh, like one half both. of one leg now. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, it was girl, funny that, that you and me both. like they were like, they, I love it. Then they're, they're looking at all these other dancers and you know, it's funny in Vegas. Um, this for me was, you know, a little bit of a, a difference from you know I came from working in Chicago predominantly I was working in uh, with in concert dance uh, companies and venues in Chicago when I got the job here in Vegas and I remember going to auditions in Vegas was such a new experience from anything I was used to and I'm sure you, I'm sure you know what I mean like you know it, I was used to going to auditions where you know yeah of course you look presentable but you still wore like clothes that you would put probably wear to like class dance class or something you know um but then you in vegas like i'm going and all those girls are in their full-on lips and lashes and rhinestones and leotards and fishnets and makeup yeah. and the boys were a whole nother story but they, they were wearing they, the boys I mean, were like auditioning shirtless and in like little booty shorts and i'm just like what yeah. why what what you know it was it was interesting so now imagine that there's a room full of boys trying to get you know maureen's attention and um you know dancing shirtless and in like tight black pants or whatever and here's me in my ballet tights they were like yes <laughs> i told you i mean auditions in vegas were like full-on productions and i remember oh, totally, yeah it was like you were stage like, ready oh you had to be stage ready and if you weren't stage ready you got cut because people are like oh they didn't put in the time and the effort totally. and i remember going to auditions with girlfriends or whoever and saying like oh my god what are you wearing what are you wearing to this audition and we had to go out and buy a new outfit for an audition and 100%. i and i 
wherever I just auditioned prior to this, you know, I never had that never in Vegas. It's just like, they're so superficial on top of the fact that you have to have skills. So totally. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it seems kind of weird to put it, to, to talk about it in this way now, because I've become obviously came so accustomed to auditioning in that way. Um, but it really was, it was yeah. a shock at first. I was just, it wasn't, and I don't want to make it sound like that, you know, prior to this form of auditioning, that we were lazy. It was just a different way to do it. You know, you just, you came in yeah. with your resume and you came in warmed up and ready to twirl or sing yeah. and belt it out. And yeah. it didn't matter if you were just wearing, you know, some jazz pants and like a white t-shirt as opposed to when you come to Vegas and it's all of a sudden you're wearing like couture just to audition it and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Ensemble. <laughs> they, people, yeah, I mean, people, people have like I costume designers up, for auditioning here <laughs> and in LA too. Uh, yeah. I mean, if I showed up to an audition without lashes on, I probably would have gotten cut. I mean, it's right. so stupid and it sounds so stupid to say, but like it's a hundred percent accurate. So do you, you remember? Get, you, do, you get used to it. Yeah, totally. Do you remember? Oh gosh, do you remember now that we're talking about auditions? All right, I love this. Do you remember like <laughs> So long ago, girl, back in the day when we had to actually pick up a backstage magazine to know when the auditions mm. were. <laughs> there was no okay. such thing as some online posting back then. You had to I pick almost, up a paper to find out when I the auditions were. I almost spit out my coffee because that, yes, that is showing our age right there. All I the mean, way. <laughs> all these young kids are like, what? What's that? What's like, a paper? <laughs> <laughs> there was or like no you online go, shit. Listen, I remember I remember when I was I was in New York um doing a, uh like a summer program and I was technically living in Chicago at the time but I was spending the summer in New York whatever and I was considering relocating to Vegas and I remember the advice I got in order to find out about jobs in Las Vegas if I wasn't physically here to like go to the newsstand and pick up a paper or whatever was to call like the dance studios call backstage dance studio and ask oh them God. ask whoever answers the phone to read the audition notices off the bulletin board to me <laughs> <laughs> and i oh did God, i did <laughs> but that's actually ingenious i mean that's thinking yeah. outside the box because right. i mean i remember i remember when backstage went um, online like I remember and it was a big oh my deal God, it was a big there's deal. on there's online posts I can that was when we were still dial up though Broadway. we had to sit there and wait for the computer to dial up into the internet but that's okay <laughs> also we don't talk about girl, that girl that's well, you know funny. we're we're also at that we're that we're that in that pocket of our generation we're technically you know millennials but we're um I think we're in I read an article where they considered there was forgive me i can't remember the exact dates but there was probably an eight to ten year period that i think is technically millennial but they were doing a study saying that they we are a little bit of a unique mix because we grew up at a time where technology advanced so rapidly that yes we're we're still at an age where we can still be pretty tech savvy but we still remember rotary dial phones when we were kids yeah you know what i mean so i mean it's because we're the oldest of like we're like I'm actually since I'm older than you like Are I'm you literally on, I'm literally on the cusp of Generation yeah. X and millennial so it's like I do fall and that's that early millennials that 
fall and that Gen X, we just fall into that weird category. That, that weird pocket. Yeah. That the aren't pocket. Like, yeah. It's, it's their own like little four-year pocket that isn't like regular millennials. I mean, obviously I mean, we've yeah. upgraded. But. Well, they called us, they called us Xennials instead of a mixture of Generation X and Millennial. We're oh, okay. I haven't heard that. That's cool. Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Um, I like but, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honey. Yeah, no, but the, the, I called, I called and, you know, asked them to read the audition notices on the bulletin board and they did. And what was, I, what I remember though, too, I wasn't even embarrassed to do it. Like it would just seemed like the logical thing to do. And the person who answered was very helpful. I remember it was funny. I was sitting in, you know, in my apartment in New York and um, trying to get this all sorted out. And I remember there was an audition for Fall- La Follies at Tropicana, La Follies mm-hmm. Berger. And oh my God. So I call, I called the, the company manager again. And, and again, it was somehow it was that accessible to get the company manager's direct Wait. line back then. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how did you get the company manager's phone number? That's insane. I mean, I think they were, again, I mean, it wasn't, it was just a different time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to age us, you know, or anything, any more than we already are, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just a combination of, I don't know, whoever was on the phone, I was on the phone with could tell I wasn't crazy, you know, and they were just like, oh, no, like, he just wants to know about auditions here. This is the number to Follies, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I called the Follies and I asked, you know, if they had any openings or if they were having, you know, or if they're having auditions or something. I can't remember, you know, the exact conversation. But um, what was funny is that I, they called me back like a couple hours later because I left a message. They called me back a couple hours later and it was just so funny to me because they were like, yeah, they're like, we actually, we do have a spot open and we're auditioning male dancers tonight. Can you be here at midnight? And I'm in, I'm in New York, like, and it's already midnight in New York. And I'm thinking, you want like me to a... audition at midnight? There was a lot of things wrong with that sentence, you know? Like, <laughs> <I was> like... <laughs> in a back alley down the street at midnight, you want right. me to audition? Okay, right? Like in Vegas, Vegas, like you have to make sure. And that was the other thing too. When it coming to Vegas, you have to make sure when you're telling people what time rehearsal is or the show is to include AM or PM because it really could be either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So 24 like, hours. Literally, city. you could have a 9 a.m., 9 p.m. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the one thing about Vegas. I I love this town though. I mean, and there's a reason people keep coming back to it, you know. I do. I love the hustle and bustle of New York and some of those other towns, but there's just something about Vegas. It's just, well, for me, it's home. You have been here for so long. And so I just, I don't know. I just, it's, I, when I moved here, I told my mom, this is the first time in my entire life that I have felt like myself. I love and that. I was surrounded by all these people that were just like misfits like me. And that's like, we kind of ended up here and right. that's why, that's why I've stayed here for so long. And now I just can't imagine. And I don't even know if you know this, but Rob and I were talking about moving back to the East coast and yeah, I know you guys were pretty close lipped about it. And then you eventually told some of us. <laughs> I mean, we were, cause we want, we didn't even tell my parents that yeah. we really wanted to make our decision on our own. And we went back without the twins and like looked at the city and interviewed. I mean, we did all the research and we met with a real estate agent. Like we really were going to do this. And we both were like, we can't do this. And flying back on the plane after we had made the decision. We both looked out the window and looked at the 
Vegas skyline and we both like just took it just this felt giant like home. breath. Yeah. And we were like, it's we're home. And we just looked at each other and smiled and we're like, best decision ever. And I love that. No, I love hearing I, that. I just I love this city. I just am so like I'm so passionate about it. And you know, there are a lot of flaws and there's a lot of vices, but for me, no, it's but home, you can say that you about know? any 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 city, really. You know, if it if it yeah. but this city definitely looks good on you, girl. So you know, you're I I I think you, you've definitely found home. (laughs) I have, I enjoy it. It's good. No, and I, and you're so so. right though. I I really do. I remember having a lot of those similar emotions, especially, you know, the around the time when we met, it was also an important time in my life too. Like, you know, the friends you meet when you're in that early to mid twenties phase of your life. And especially Mm -hmm. if you're out there and you're just kind of being a little bit rebellious where you're also like, you know, following your artistic dream as opposed to going to college or university and, you know, and you're just, you're just doing your thing and slinging drinks at the Rio and then high kicking it at night. (laughs) Okay. So wait, so now that brings me to, you know what? I actually just remembered this. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I just remembered this. So, Do you remember BMF? Um, I was totally going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So BMF, the initials B and then M and F, you know, um, were, it, it's not that original. I, can, I just gave it such a long buildup and it's not that important. But <laughs> it was important. It's really it's, important. And we, we created this thing. So man and I used to work uh, out of the same, you know, service well in the same, you know, area of the casino on Fridays at Rio. And so every Friday after work, we would, we would hang out. Some days it was like a big to do. And other days it was just hanging out at the, like the bar and just sitting and talking. Yeah. It didn't really matter. But for some reason, well, I'm not sure why, but everybody wanted to hang out with us. <laughs> hmm. We sound, we, sound yeah. like, we sound like bean girls. We're like, oh, everybody wanted to come sit with us. <laughs> we totally do, but we really weren't. We were nice we really people. Weren't. But um, but I pe- just, people so we, we said BMF was head. Bill and Moo Fridays. So every Friday was BMF. And so we would just tell each other, like, yeah. oh, are we going to BMF today or whatever? And then, of course, you know, it, it just became this fun little inside joke for us. But people really... It, you know, obviously our, you know, friends, you know, it was, it was all a big joke, but like, I just thought it was funny that people really started even coming to asking us, Hey, are you guys BMFing today? You know? Mm-hmm. And where are you going? What are you doing? Yeah. Can and we you meet you? Like, where are you guys and going? Yeah. We were like, uh, no, it's kind of a Bill and Moo thing. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why our names are in the title. Right. We got top not, billing. So. I mean, yes. We're the headliners. Thank you very much. We're the headliners of the tour that just includes us. Like, yes. <laughs> but it was, but I took it seriously because it was special because we all had, we, you had friends, I had friends, we had all had different friends and it was so nice to like count we had on. Our, like that was our time. Week. Yeah. I, I, wa- I was selfish and I will be the first to admit it that I wanted, whether it was just a drink or whether it was the club or whatever it was. I got that time with you. So, oh, I love yeah. it. No, I felt uh, the no, same way. No bones about it. I will still to this day. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you are not Bill or Mill. So right. <laughs> Every once in a while, we let we let you know some people come, but it wasn't you know. Awesome. And I think we regretted it every single time. I think we did too, but you know, <laughs> well, there was one time we did go. Okay, so there we I wanted to go to Crave, which was a, a big gay bar here at the time. 
and you wanted to go to what was the other place what was that the place that uh, i wanted to go to this guy i was dating's bar right. what like, was the name was of that like bar i can't remember it's it's where the it's where the V theater is now. I mean, it's you know what was the name of that bar? Though? Look, we are really. I don't. Ourselves. I don't know. I have no idea. Like it okay, was so like cute. I don't remember. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. But there was another bar. There was a nightclub in the same hotel as the gay bar, and Amanda was dating the the GM of that club at the time. And so we had kind of made this deal. We're like, okay, well, we'll go there for, you know, a certain amount of time, but then we, we have yeah. to get to the gays. Like, I mean, that was, yeah. you know, I was like a 23 year old horny yeah. single gay man. Like I, you cannot so on a Friday night, you cannot tell me we're not going to crave. <laughs> So we went to go get our free right. drinks. But also, and also no club. shame either. I would go, I would go in my, in my dance clothes from, <laughs> from the day. Because yeah, I'd be training. I would go, I took training very seriously. I would, even if I wasn't in a show, I would go and take dance class and conditioning and whatnot. And then I would go to work at the Rio, but you know, I was just changing into my uniform at work. So then needless to say, when we were done working, I the only clothes I had with me were, because <laughs> I didn't plan well, jazz were my pants. like jazz pants. And <laughs> didn't even, it never no got in the shame. way of, it never got in the way of me hooking up with anybody. Nobody seemed to care. Yeah. <laughs> I was they, wearing the jazz. It probably helped. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so do you remember? So there was this one time we went, so, well, more than once, but there was a specific time we went and um her and and then Sarah Peterson was with us and um yes. and her and Sarah were dancing and having a great time and doing the thing and i they kept kind of stalling every time i was like okay can, you know it's time to go like your time's up you know like we need to go to the gay bar and i you know again being this you know 20 something you know uh ready to go rare to go gay man was like seconds felt like hours to me where i was like we are missing prime time at the gay bar right prime gay time and um and i ended up just leaving which i didn't care i wasn't even mad but what was funny is that the next day amanda was like i was looking for you and you tell this part of the story better go ahead well i just was like um after we were dancing and like you know having a good time i turn around and look at the guy i'm dating at the time and i'm like where the hell is bill at like i I haven't seen him. And he goes, Oh, sweetheart, Bill left for the gays 20 minutes ago. And I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> like, I love that he even knew. He was like, No, honey, he didn't oh, wait for you. He was you. like, Oh, honey, Bill left 20 minutes ago. Like, where have you been? And I was like, oh, God damn it, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, stuff, all fun though, times. But like, good memories for sure. For totally. sure. Um, so, okay. So let's talk about, um, your cancer foundation, your, your nonprofit. So you and your husband, Rob, um, have started and created an amazing organization that definitely helps a lot of people in need and, um, gives direct financial assistance, support, you name it. I'll let you talk about it more in detail to people that are struggling with, um, the challenges of cancer. Um, but, but to back up just a smidge on that. Why don't you, if you don't mind, can you walk us through your experience with Rob and um, how the, the foundation came to be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm super passionate about this. This is why I believe I was born and put on this world. Um, I love 
giving back. It inspires me. And so we started this um, foundation because my husband was diagnosed, boyfriend at the time, diagnosed with stage four terminal cancer. And they gave him a couple weeks to live. Here we are like seven years later and he's fine and cancer free. But we started the organization. So we met this couple after Rob had been diagnosed and we jokingly called them our cancer buddies. They had been diagnosed two months after Rob got diagnosed with the same kind of cancer. They had two young kids. Obviously we didn't um, have any kids, but they had two young kids. And so our hearts just went out to them and we understood like what they were going through. And unfortunately he got, he had gotten a, a terminal diagnosis like Rob had gotten one, but he got put on hospice, which Rob never got put on hospice. And I remember calling her on the phone and Rob wasn't better at this point. I mean, we were still like knee deep in our struggle. And I called her and I said, what can I do for you? Please like, give me something to, how can I help you? I feel so helpless because we had grown so close to them. Um, and she said, we, you can't help me. I need time. And I, you can't give me time. So she wasn't flip it, but she was just very much like, well, you can't help me kind of thing. Right. right and I right. got off the phone with her and I looked at Rob and I said, I'm going to give this girl time. I'm going to figure it out. So we raised, we did a fundraiser, um, a month late, not even a month later, two weeks later. I mean, we threw it all together. A lot of our fundraisers are very short notice because Sometimes this, these things come about very quickly, obviously. Um, and we raised this fundraiser. We were able to give her $15,000. And I, I was it. able to call her on the phone and say, here is $15,000. And she took the whole last month of her husband's life off. So oh, she didn't wow. have to worry about yeah. finance. You gave her so time. Said, you gave her time. So yeah. this, was, this was my version of time. And unfortunately, he did pass away. But... The feeling that I got, you know, that I was able to help her, I knew that we were on the right track and I knew we had to keep going. So it's, I don't know. I just am super passionate about it. We do all sorts of things. We've done our, obviously we've done golf tournaments. We do auction stuff. Um, My husband makes hot sauce. He's a chef by trade. Uh, We've done productions where Bill, you've been the, you know, our producer and we've done these full on like productions. So it just, it encompasses a lot of different things. I like that our charity doesn't have any bounds. So you can, you know, if it moves us and inspires us, and if it's an adult make a wish or paying your mortgage, we can do it because it's ours. And you know, we don't, we don't take anything off the top. We donate mm-hmm. our time and I know you guys everyone are around extremely generous it. with all of that too. Of course, you know, you really do. And as you mentioned, I have, it's not about me, but I have, you know, worked with you closely on a couple different, um, uh, found, yeah. uh, uh, projects and fundraisers and whatnot. And you, you really do that. You guys listen, they, they give up so much of their own personal time and take nothing back like monetarily sure. in any way shape or form so it's it's really inspiring and I just I just think because we've lived it and both my husband and I are in grants on this like we were given cancer for this reason because it gave us a path that we were supposed to follow and we've been there and we know what it feels like to be the patient we know what it feels like to be the caregiver we know what it feels like to financially struggle we know what it feels like to have no hope and I just we say this all the time but 
we were blessed with cancer because it led us to what we were supposed to do. So wow. I love that we are extremely passionate about it. And, and it's been for us, it's been a huge blessing. So, well, you're definitely blessing a lot of other people as well. And I love that you, you took that perspective from it. I mean, you know, we've all been through, you know, struggles in our lives and whatnot. Um, and it's always inspiring when you see somebody like you and Rob that, and I was actually talking about you the other day, um, just about what good people you are and that, you know, if anybody deserves a win or deserves like a, you know, an abundance of blessings in their life because they've been through so many unforeseen struggles, it's the two of you. And you've come out, somehow managed to come out ahead every time and you always seem to, and I I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to like flatter you, but you always, you always seem to go through it with such ease and grace and like positivity. It's, it's really, it almost makes me hate you. No. <laughs> oh my god you crack me up oh, well that's very very kind of you we definitely struggle we've definitely had our own struggles but i just feel like um we've been blessed through all this we really i mean i've met the love of my life and we actually came up with this new hashtag recently or rob did is cancer created this and so we've been trying to use that and implement Ooh, that into that. our charity because cancer created our relationship like we were dating but we probably would we would have gotten married but probably right. not definitely right, so not let's like talk about that actually I don't want to I don't want to interrupt you but like that's actually segues into the next thing I want you to I want you to kind of walk us through actually to the journey of you and Rob you know I um I remember when you guys are dating and I you know I personally remember all this but actually why, why don't you go through you yeah. know go through the struggles and and go through you know the decision to get married when you did go uh, and um and then also uh, the challenges you had, um, getting pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. So Rob and I were dating and we knew there were issues. We knew he had things going on. He did not have insurance at the time. So he would go to the hospital and he'd get these, you know, $10,000 bills. And we decided he couldn't do that anymore. And we started dating. We were working at the bar together, um, at Cosmopolitan and we started dating the end of the summer, like September. And we had moved in together by the beginning of the year. I mean, it was very quick. I mean, I knew my very first date and I swore, I was like, I'm never getting married, but I knew instantly. Like, I remember that. I wrote, you were definitely, you really were, you were at that point where you were like, I'm not, I don't even care about marriage. I'm not getting married. I'm not having kids. F this. And it it was, she was definitely that, like, you know how they tell people who are, you know, wondering why they're not in a relationship or struggling to find their their person or their twin flame and the married person sitting next to you is like it'll happen when you stop looking and you want to punch them for saying that (laughs) like this was actually amanda she really did she is actually an example of how Mm -hmm. that happened she really stopped looking and then it fell in her lap i totally did it literally fell in my lap and i tell everybody the only like advice i have to give someone if you are wondering is this the one or not the one it's not the one so when you stop looking, I swear it's, and yeah, it happened. It was like instantly we went out for, for beers and <laughs> I wait. Okay. I'm sorry. Wait, I, I, I cause I obviously I am looking at you when you were saying that it almost sounded like, I thought you were like, Oh, we went out for coffee, but then you swallowed that and said, you were just being honest. You're like, yeah, we went out for drinks. <laughs> I mean, anyone that knows us knows we like a good cocktail. So I mean, that's why we're no, friends, Rob so. actually texted me. 
Rob actually texted me two moos and some brews. So, and now we, so we went out to Yard House. Oh yeah, because that's, that's his last, his last name is Mooberry. And your last name mm-hmm. that I never, like, even after 15 years of friendship, never pronounced right. Mueller? Mueller? It's all right. Well, I'm a Mooberry now. So, well, I know you're a Mooberry um, now, but what was it before? <laughs> <laughs> so my last name was Muchler, but it was M-U-T-C-H-L-E. So in shows, I got called Amanda Moo because if there was another Amanda, they'd be Amanda Mick or Amanda. They just, you know, shorten it. So I just started becoming Amanda Moo, M-U. And so... I started going by Moo, and then obviously my husband's last name is Mooberry, so he goes by Moo. So yeah, he texted me two Moos and some brews, and we went out to Yard House, sat at the bar, and literally I called my mom the next day, and I was like, I'm going to marry this man. And he called his dad and said the same thing. And you just, when you know, you know. So when we moved in together, it was just like all his symptoms became very clear to me because he was hiding a lot before that. And I knew something was terribly wrong. I didn't know what. Um, he's a 200-pound guy, marathon runner, like super healthy. And he was losing all this weight. He couldn't eat without being in excruciating pain. But he'd been to the doctor. He'd been had all these scans. He was told all these things, which were obviously not accurate. And he, in... May, he was in the hospital for a week and they couldn't figure anything out. And so they released him. And at this point he'd lost 40 pounds. And from May, from the end of May until the beginning of July, so six weeks, he lost another 20 pounds. I mean, he was down 60 pounds and he went into the hospital and he'd been in the hospital for an entire week. Again, nothing, nobody could figure it out. They'd done scans, they'd done whatever. And a surgeon came in the room and I never, I never left the hospital. Mind you, we didn't have kids, so it was easy. But I was like, I'm not, my mother is medical. And I was just like, right. I can't leave this man. I love this man. And I can't leave his side. My mom even said, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't in case something were to happen. And so I knew all the doctors very, very well. And his surgeon, a surgeon came in and said, I'm going to operate tomorrow. And we both kind of looked at him like, are you out of your mind? What are you operating on? Nobody knows what's going on. Why would you operate? And he goes, I hope I'm wrong, but no 60, no healthy man loses 60 pounds in less than a year. It just doesn't happen. It's not, right, right. he goes, unless you're massively overweight and you're trying to lose this weight, he goes, but he was not that overweight. Wasn't the case healthy. With Rob. No, it's he was always normal. very fit. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, this is, this is not, this is not normal. So he took um, Robin the next day and opened him up and unfortunately at that point obviously cancer was everywhere he took a man-sized fist out of his colon um he got a colostomy bag it was it was all over his they scraped his blood his bladder his kidneys his lymph nodes i mean it was it was everywhere it was riddled and the doctor or the surgeon called me and and the surgeon saved his life really because otherwise the, the doctor's we're telling us, oh, he's okay. He's, he's just got IBS. I heard that all the time. I'm like, you are out of your blessed mind. But um, he gave us him two weeks to live. He said, I hope I'm wrong, but I, it's stage four, and I would get all his affairs in order because yeah. I think he's, I think he will not make it to the end of the month. And that was July 13th. Um, and he was in the hospital a couple of weeks. He had not gotten any treatment at this time. 
Um, he wasn't strong enough because any kind of treatment would kill him. And he was in the hospital and he looked at and said, I would marry tomorrow. And he goes, are you serious? And I go, yeah. So he got released from the hospital the very end of July to go home. And we, uh, that was August 1st that we had had this conversation and we knew we had to act very quickly. He was going right. to start treatment and right. we didn't know who would even show up, but we went down to the courthouse, got our marriage license. And then we were like, just massively trying to text people. And we got engaged on August 1st and we got married August 11th. And it was the best, was such a beautiful, thing I, beautiful weekend. Yeah. I, I, just, I remember it, it was, was everything. and like, it just, it was personal. I mean, we got married. One of our dear friends, Beth, married us. We got married at our house. I mean, I look back at those pictures and I was just surrounded by like legit friends and like people that genuinely cared about us. And I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, I had a million dollars. I would never do a different wedding. It was perfect. And I think it was so important for us because the way we approached cancer and this disease was solidarity so and just with we did love, everything with together. unconditional love yeah everything you guys did it was yeah. like there was there was no him and her it was us and yeah, it I definitely went to every was. appointment with him I went through all everything with him and it you know obviously different perspectives but for us it was really really important and to this day we always say solidarity that's it solidarity so you know, and then our eight year anniversary is this summer. And I just, I tell everyone it was the, the best impulsive decision I ever made was marry this man. And I, and cancer created that because I, love I, it. I would never have done that. I had, I would never have done that otherwise. So I'm, we were so blessed to it. So yeah. And here we are like almost eight years later and like happy and, you know, he, picked, he annoys he the hell out of me. For sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like, so how did the like, how did we get to now? How do we get to like where he started getting better and started really recovering? Um, so he went through a count a round of chemo and radiation, um, starting August thirteenth. You guys also did a lot of organic and holistic treatment as well, correct? We did, we did. Um, so after one round of chemo and radiation, nothing really was better. You know, he wasn't he wasn't dead, thank God, but it wasn't helping. His numbers weren't any right. better. And he, was so he decided thin. to he decline was, like, everything, you know? Oh like, God. Yeah. I mean, if you look back on those pictures, it makes me cry to this day because he's oh, just sure. like gaunt and, oh, it's just like, he was a weird color, like grayish and just, just horrible. So I did a lot of research and I was like, well, he's going to die regardless. So we might as well think out of the box. And we decided to decline his next round of chemo and radiation. And we went holistic. And I remember the doctors looking at me and saying, we were naive for doing that. And I said, well, your chemo and radiation is going to kill him. So right. you're like, well, um, we, tr we did your thing. Now let's do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> we tried yours ours. once. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we did. We started, um, we went raw vegan, like really strict. Um, we really followed the Gerson therapy, not a hundred percent to the T, but pretty close. We started doing coffee enemas, which we're a huge believer in. Um, we went really strict um, Gerson vegan, which is like, there's, you can't do tomatoes or some other, there's some things in it, but really strict on that. And within three weeks, his cancer was 80% gone. And as soon as we got that first diagnosis that 
changing his diet and implementing all these holistic measures, the benefits it was, ha- I knew we were on the right path. And I mean, we went back to the doctor and he goes, I, I don't want to know what you're doing. I mean, literally, but he was like, keep doing it because it's saving his life. Wow. And then he went back for another scan in July and the cancer was just traces. And then beginning to December, so a year and a half after he got diagnosed, he got um, no evidence of disease. They won't tell you you're cancer free until you're right, five right. years because they say it most likely it comes back. Um, but then he got his cancer free, actual cancer free, not just no evidence of disease ah. two years ago. So, oh, I love it. I so, love I mean, it. yeah, I get goosebumps. I, I know it's crazy. Because when you, you guys were featured, uh, like Tim McGraw, you, there was a video that a blogger created about your story mm-hmm. and that went viral that Correct. Tim McGraw even posted. It, it did. It did. It was so a this little. Is, this is them, everybody. If you haven't realized, if you haven't figured it out yet, this is that couple. <laughs> yeah, we're them. It's funny because we'll go places and people will look at us still. Like the viral video was a couple of years ago, and people will look at us and be like, "Do I know you?" Right. Or sometimes they're like, "You look really familiar." But yeah, we had a blogger from the way we met. She reached out to us and did a story. And then a few years later, reached out again and said she wanted to do another story on a, a video story. Um, and then Tim McGraw reposted it and literally has a hundred million views. A hundred million views, you guys. And, so and then, I think a bunch um, of people just realized who, who we were, who, who you are. <laughs> <laughs> And then like, like people are saying that to me, they'll say like, oh, isn't that, is that your friend? Like people who know me well, at least and have met you or through me or whatever or something like that, mm-hmm. like, but don't necessarily know you that well. They're like, did I see your friend on this video? And I was like, yeah, that's her. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause people would say to me when this was all going on, people were like, oh shit. I run, I realized how big this is when my friends have no idea who you are or posting about you. And they're like, oh my God, this is my friend. Um, but it was super overwhelming. We're so glad that it's behind us. Uh, it was a <laughs> oh, lot. Celebrity looks good on you though, honey. Don't worry. I mean, oh God, it was a lot, but it was a, it's a story. It's one of those stories that like, we'll be able to tell the twins and our grandkids and say, well, you know, everybody, we did that. You struck a, your story strike, strikes a chord, I think with so many people, you know, um, and it really is. Again, I, I, I just, I, I hope I'm not being repetitive, but it just, you guys really have been through so much. And the way you have, you know, carried yourself through it all, you know, I think it, it makes people, it makes people want to, you know, ex- feel connected to, to what you went through because they've gone through something. Well, people want, people want hope. I think that's the society in general. We're all looking for hope on one level or another. And I think we have been able to give people hope. And I also think everyone loves a good love story. And we are genuinely You guys are. You are that story. (laughs) I mean, we are. And like, people are like, oh, they're not really. Yeah, he drives me crazy. I drive him crazy. But like, genuinely, I love him more and more every day. And I truly believe if we didn't have this connection and this love story, I don't think we'd be here. And I, Rob will tell you point blank. He'll say, she saved my life. And I believe he saved my life on a different level, you know, and love conquers all. So, I mean, I know it's super cheesy, but like, I, I believe in it. And I Aww. believe when that right person comes along, <laughs> nothing can stop you. Like, so yeah, I'm madly in love. It's true. Like, 
that's me still. So. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. I love it. It's just, it's just funny. Like I'm also like getting, I'm getting a little like internally sentimentally cho- choked up too, because I'm just kind of chuckling on the inside about the conversations we used to have when we were both single girls. And then now the conversation. Oh, we're having. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm still a single Isn't girl. It? So, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> In case anyone's looking. No, no, it's okay. I'm not looking right now. <laughs> so I'm so grateful for you guys. And I'm, I'm always thrilled to, you know, be involved on any level. Anytime you need my support or assistance with the, with the foundation, you know, that you can always count well, on. Well, you know, you know that I'm going to keep asking you because I like to work with you. So. <laughs> Honey, Elizabeth, well, with that, well, that first one we did at Vinyl at Hard Rock, that was so much fun though. It was, was. It was a lot of stress, though, if you recall. <laughs> it, it was, but you know what? And I was also dieting at the time, so I remember. <laughs> so you were hangry on top of it. I, mean, I was hangry, girl. honey, and I was, and I also came on board, kind of, you know, at intermission, kind of a thing. Meaning, like you, you did. You guys had were had already had the ball rolling and certain things situated, and then I came on to help after it started but I was also kind of backtracking just to try and figure out what we were what was going on I mean you know the whole process of putting on an entire show you know um but so I remember no and you guys were lovely you're the easiest people to work with because you're also because you're also so so insanely like gracious and appreciative and but it was yeah I I was definitely hangry through that entire process I remember being at at Hard Rock all day long because we did it was one of those that you know obviously it being a, a a charity event we had to keep our overhead low and our, our budget um, mm-hmm. on the lower side. So we did everything, you know, a lot of times with production shows and, and things like that, you know, if you're lucky, you get the opportunity to, to have like a whole rehearsal day and a tech day with lighting and sound yeah. and rehearsal and everything. And then the next day, and then you go home and sleep on it. And then the next day you come back and mm-hmm. do one, probably one or two little adjustments and then you're ready for show day. But no, no, we had to do yeah. everything in the same day because oh we had no yeah, yeah and, no. and we did it so so quick because the the beneficiary um was unfortunately passing away so like it had i mean we put this together in like a week oh and yeah it was, anyone and it was done, a it was a two-hour show like with with hosts I mean, and video and audio and lighting and everything it was the it was well it was it I, I don't want to like compliment it because we're the ones who did it, but I mean, it was a real, it was a big project is my point. It was. And like it, production, I'm sure if anyone has either been in a show or done a show, you realize like production, it's, it was legit and it was a lot. So, and a lot to do within that short amount of time. But yeah, it's one of those things. I'm like, <laughs> so girl, we needed to do it again, like a little bit plump and not dieting because then we'll be happy. I remember, <laughs> well, it was funny though too, because I were, yes, I was definitely dieting and I was, I was going hard hardcore too like I was like not drinking nothing I was like you know doing that I remember at the end of the day well because I think I had an audition coming up so I was also just like really being very strict you know yeah but um I remember at the end of it all and we went up to your to you guys had got a hotel room at at Hard Rock that night for the night Mm -hmm. we went up kind of freshen up and you're like let's go get something to eat it at this point it's probably midnight I don't know we we probably hadn't you know slept or ate or drank anything all day yeah and so we went down and I remember I my point is of the story is that I remember just breaking and just saying I'm getting a cocktail I don't care like yeah like when we went down when you me and Rob went down to eat I was like I need a cocktail I love that I'm the one that broke your cleanse (laughs) diet of course I'm the one I'm such peer pressure I'm like just have a cocktail it's okay you've earned it 
I know. And I love that. I love that you're that person for me because so many people say that I'm that person for them. And then I start feeling guilty for, well, people, for people drinking. Match so made but I love that you are my, are my pusher. You're my pusher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's me. Cheers. Cheers. Oh my God. I love I it. Drink, Yay. I actually drank all of mine. Yeah. I, I'm going to need a refill. I know. I'm done too. I love it. I think that's probably a good place to wrap this up. But and really quick, so, th- again, listen, thank you so much for spending the time. I'm, I, I just adore you. I really do. And I'm, I'm so grateful to call you family and friend. And I just, you know, it's inspiring everything that you've been through and, and how you've handled it and how you've also parlayed it in, into an opportunity to help so many other people, which I think is amazing. So tell everybody the website um, that they can go to if they're looking for any sort of assistance or help, or if they want to get involved to support, um, tell them how they can get in touch with you. Um, It is just Moo Casa Moo Foundation. So it's Moo, M-U, Casa, C-A-S-A, Moo, M-O-O, Foundation. So Moo Casa Moo Foundation dot org, O-R-G. Um, you can also go to mucostamu.org. We actually own all of them and they kind of will link you back. So whatever is easiest. And is that the same um, for all your social media platforms? It's Mucostamu Foundation it or is it just Mucostamu? It is. It's oh. all, it's Mucostamu. It's just, we've, we have all of the outlets. So it will link you back to wherever, all of them will link you to the same spot. So whatever's easier. We even have .com too. So, um, so if for some reason you draw blank and you can't remember but yeah just remember Moo Casa Moo but it's M-U Casa M-O-O. I love it and you you do uh, you personally respond to, to every message correct? Every single one. Wow yeah. love it well I love it well thank you for all the work that you do and I just I love you girl. I love you it's just like talking to my friend at brunch on a Sunday so I appreciate you having me on and I look forward to seeing us post quarantine together at a real happy hour or oh, totally. lunch. But well, and I, I feel like you should. I, I want to. I feel like you should probably be a recurring guest on this on this show. You we, you could pro- you could be like my co-host on a couple episodes. Um, anytime you want, boo thing. I'm here. I love it. <laughs> we wouldn't I let. Love we you. probably wouldn't let the guests talk. We it would be me and you talking the whole time. <laughs> What? Talk about ourselves? What are you talking what do you about? Mean? And I love that that was your biggest turnoff is people who talk about themselves. <laughs> it's probably because I don't get to be able to talk about myself. Right, the real reason is because they don't, they don't give you any space to talk about yourself. Hypocrite. <laughs> real talk. Real talk. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. <laughs> I know. Him. Listen, you I say, love you. Girl. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, check her out at mukasamufoundation.org. Uh, or uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, they're there. Um, And she responds to all messages. Uh, Thank you for listening. I hope everybody has a really great weekend. Thanks, girls. 